0: From the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick From who's got it better than us, to brick by brick It's always the 49ers way, from off-season to game day Yeah, we talk back, it's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Training camp is here. Players report today. This is absolutely fantastic. Training camp and means real football is on its way. And the San Francisco 49ers are going to be kicking off training camp with open practices on Wednesday, the 26th of July. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be watching and seeing exactly how the 49ers look in their you know first time back on the field after uh, the 2022 season was full of ups and downs, but ultimately a lot of exciting moments. But I wanted to start talking about what exactly training camp was going to look like. There's a lot of things with the 49ers where you can get an idea of of what Kyle Shanahan is thinking, but just want to get it set up on what you know training camp looks like, the schedule, and how things are going to play out uh, moving into the season. Because before you know it, the 49ers will be lining up to play preseason game on August 13th against the Las Vegas Raiders. And what they have to do along the way is build the best 53-man roster they could possibly do it. And one of the ways they do that is through these training camp practices and preseason games. So the schedule for the 49ers looks like this. Uh, They're reporting today at 11 a.m., Uh, or 11 a.m. Kyle Shannon and John Lynch are going to have a press conference. The players will be available, and then after that, there will be player availability. So that's when it kicks off. They're coming in, they're going to do all their fitness checks and everything, and they're going to get set up for training camp. So checking in, you know, getting comfortable, getting their stuff in their lockers. Of course, the rookies have already been on hand and you know, getting prepared, getting those workouts in, doing some lifting. Uh, so the the 49ers have already been progressing in the direction that they're looking to go. This is one of the first years that Kyle Shanahan has let the rookies come in uh, before the veterans. Normally, he's had them report together, but this year, taking advantage of that opportunity and allowing the rookies to come in early. Then Wednesday is the first day of open practice. It's going to be at 1025 a.m. After practice, Kyle Shanahan will be uh, having a press conference, and there will be some players speaking as well. Thursday, there will be practice. I will be back out there for that one as well. Uh, that's ten twenty-five, and then Steve Wilkes is available with players after. Uh, then the 49ers, uh, next practice after that is Friday, July 28th. That practice is not open to the public. That one is uh, a private practice, so the 49ers going with a model this year of three practices and then a day off. Last year, it was four practices and then a day off, so the four yards will practice on friday following practice chris Furster will be available uh office of line coach and run game coordinator chris Furster. and you can find that i'm sure the press conference will be available on youtube uh tons of beat writers will be recording it as well and putting that up so we'll still get to hear what's going you know through chris Furster's mind and kind of get some conversations we'll have an idea of what's going on at training camp on saturday they have the day off so the four yards rest Uh, Then they're back at it on Sunday. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to be available before practice, but practice is back to 1025. Uh, Then on Monday, they have practice again, uh, July 31st. I'll be back out there and practice will be um, at 1025 with John Lynch having a press conference beforehand, which is interesting because uh, John Lynch never usually talks to the media twice. Uh, He does make appearances at training camp. I went out to all 14 open uh training camp dates last year and John Lynch was there and he, you know, talked to the, the crowd and and uh went over a couple of things. So he's going to be around practice. It's not uncommon to see him around practice. It is uncommon for him to talk to the media on two separate occasions. Uh but he's going to do that. Uh and then they're gonna have Tuesday, August first, they're gonna have practice and then special teams coach Brian Schneider is going to be available. Uh, and that's one of the things that's interesting is that um you know, that's the third and final day of the three practice block. So uh, three time, three this time, and then, you know, then the 49ers in the week. So this will be a day off on Wednesday, August 2nd. Of course, the 49ers come back out for, uh, for the third. They're going to have practice the third, the fourth, and the fifth. Um, and they're all working towards, you know, getting on the field for joint practices against the Raiders. Uh, the joint practices for the Raiders are going to be, the 10th and 11th in Las Vegas, four years, get learn a lot from those joint practices. In fact, Kyle Shannon has expressed the fact that he believes the joint practices are actually more beneficial than the preseason games. Uh, it's more controlled. You can, uh, you know, t- work with the opposing team about cer- seeing different certain looks. You can go through, move the ball, go against a defense that's not yours, go against an offense that's not yours. You'll find unique matchups, put stress on your defense or on your offense in certain ways. And so I think that when it comes to uh, the joint practices, I think that's very beneficial as you know for most players on the team, but also for our quarterbacks. Of course, it was, uh, what was that, 2019? Jimmy Garoppolo threw five interceptions against the Denver Broncos during joint practice. Last year, the 49ers had joint practice with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it went well. We had some players step up. And of course, uh, the year before in 2021, they had a heated joint practice with the Los Angeles Chargers with you know all of them going at each other, Chargers players openly mocking Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a part of this one it, it it seems as well. He passed his physical and is going to be available for those joint practices for the Raiders. And so the likelihood is that the 49ers probably won't have many of their starters Ah, uh, playing in that game against the Raiders—it's a little bit interesting. Normally, the 49ers would do the open practice or the joint practices before Week Two of the preseason. This year, doing it before Week One, uh, so Kyle Shanahan changing it up, which means it also changed the amount of practices that were going to be open to the public. And tickets went really fast—they were gone in no time. So, people looking to get a, a look at the 49ers in training camp—it was really difficult. Uh, but now, you know, they're not going to be there very long. Nine open practices. Uh, of course, of, you know, there's still a, you know, 10, 11 practices before the 40 yards play, those joint practices against the Raiders. Well, we'll learn a lot. But what other things are there to watch for at training camp? Of course, you're going to hear the news, you know, about the quarterback position, you know, from detailing the completion percentage uh, to detailing exactly, you know, how these guys are performing, if they're getting sacked, whatever. Uh, and I think one thing that's interesting that we can all look for uh, when breaking this quarterback position down is just how the reps are at the position. So we know Trey Lance and um, Sam Darnold are going to get primarily most of the reps. How that split happens is going to be interesting. So let's say that they get in there and let's say at first it's 50-50 or 60-40 in Trey's, uh, Trey's advantage. What happens as this, as the preseason and training camp progresses If those snaps slowly start to change and maybe it was 60-40 Trey and all of a sudden it's 50-50 or Sam Darnold, you know, takes a little bit more snaps, that'll get us a really good idea of the depth chart and how they go about who's ahead of who. Because during training camp, they're going to filter these guys through working with the first team and the second team. So if you hear that, oh, Trey Lance is working with the second team today, Sam Darnold's working with the ones, it doesn't mean Sam Darnold's overtaken Trey Lance in the depth chart. It just means the 49ers are going through their rotation. They do this very often with wide receivers, with running backs. You'll see Christian McCaffrey running behind uh, the the second team offensive line, or Brandon i u catching balls, you know, from Brandon Allen on the third unit. It's just the rotation because they're all about getting reps, and they also want to give other players looks. You know, if you've got Ambry Thomas as a part of your second unit. Yeah, I mean, you could have him going against Ray McLeod and Jawan Jennings every single snap, or sometimes you can have him go against Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. That way, not only can he continue to work on those reps, but you can really get an idea of, of how he looks against them and how he's going to play them because that's what you're going to be going against in the NFL, the cream of the crop, the best players, and giving them a variety of different looks is exactly what you want to do in practice. But you want them playing against different talent. You also got to control... The amount of reps that these players get, very important for the 49ers to make sure that they don't overwork any players at any position. That's part of the reason they have so many wide receivers. You're going to go through a ton of routes when you're out there at training camp. You have four quarterbacks, and of course, you know part of it, Brock, we don't know when he's going to be available, but uh, they're going to be getting their reps. Of course, Brandon Allen's going to get way less reps uh, than the other two quarterbacks ahead of him right now. Because uh, he is that third string. And that's what we saw from Brock Purdy last year. He didn't get as many reps as, you know, Trey Lance or Nate Sudfeld. And then eventually, you know, we've seen him getting a little bit more reps. That's why watching reps are important. And I think that's going to be the case with several positions. Also, is Brock Purdy going to go on the PUP list? When he reports today, will the 49ers put him on PUP? Or will they just let this thing play out? Of course, they don't have to. But I think it's something interesting to watch. I think if he doesn't go on Pup, the likelihood is at some point they expect him to come back during training camp. And I think the 49ers would love to have Brock Purdy be able to come in at some point and ease back in. How much practice does Brock Purdy need to be able to start week one? I think that's a big conversation. Uh, We won't know that. Of course, Kyle Shanahan won't know that for sure. I'm sure they have an idea of how many reps he needs to be 100% and be comfortable within this offense. But the only way you can know is by actually putting him on the field and seeing how his body is reacting to those stressful situations of getting rid of the football on time, seeing a pass rush, uh, just being able to engage his his lower half when he's making his throws and take some of that pressure off that shoulder. But you just don't know how much rust is going to be you know, on Brock Purdy when he goes in there. So there's no real way to know how much time he needs to prepare for week one, only that Brock Purdy wants to prepare, be prepared and be ready for week one. That way he can start. He doesn't want to leave any opportunity for one of these other quarterbacks to step in, play at a high level, and Brock to never get his opportunity again. If he doesn't get his opportunity, then you got to feel like it was a wasted opportunity that he had last year. Even though he proved that he could play in this league, you want to be a starting quarterback. Uh, you know, it, it's like Steve Young said, if you want to talk to someone who wants to play, come talk to me. That's what he used to say uh, when reporters would talk to him about you know, wanting to play over Joe. You never want to be the backup quarterback if you're yearning, yearning to be a starting quarterback in this league. You want that opportunity. Brock Purdy had the opportunity, he seized it, but then injury could give an open window for Trey Lance to be able to step back in or Sam Darnold to even have a shot to become the 49ers quarterback. Because in realistic terms, the 49 are looking for their franchise quarterback. They don't care which one of these three it ends up being. As long as they find their franchise quarterback, they're going to be completely fine with whoever it ends up being. Next up, we got to check what's going on with John Feliciano. Uh, John Feliciano, the 49 signed him. He played for the Giants last year at center. He was their starting center for 15 games. And the reason I want to watch his snaps is because last year the 49ers had Spencer Burford rotate with longtime offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill. Uh, Brunskill was going to be the starter, but then was injured and really came into camp late. I remember I was there the first day that uh, Daniel Brunskill showed up to camp, and the 49ers started working him in a rotation with Spencer Burford. I believed that you know once Daniel Brunskill got up to, you know, to strength, he might overtake Burford, but that was never the case. The 49ers decided to go with a rotation. And then you started to watch other rotations as well. The 49ers started working Daniel Brunskill at center. He was working a lot with Jake Brendel, and they were splitting snaps. And then there was the conversation, is Daniel Brunskill going to potentially you know, beat out Jake Brendel? Well, we've got a similar situation this year. Though the player is not Daniel Brunskill, those questions still remain with John Feliciano. John Feliciano has the ability to play guard and center and play it at a high level. So will the 49ers look to engage a more of a rotation between Feliciano and Burford? Are they going to split snaps at guard and they're just going to you know double down on the fact that you know it worked last year, it could work again? Or is Spencer Burford going to be the outright starting guard for the San Francisco 49ers? And then how many snaps is Feliciano taking at center? Coach Chris Furster has been pretty clear that Feliciano was going to be used in both roles. Feliciano uh, went on a podcast with uh, Brad Graham of the SF Niners, and he said that he came here to start. He came to San Francisco to be a starting offensive lineman, which means that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan told him he's going to have the opportunity to go in and compete to get a starting job. You would think with a young player like Spencer Burford, the 49ers would want him to develop uh, and that with a player like Jake Brendel that they just brought back in free agency, there wouldn't be that opportunity. But with John Feliciano believing that, and with Kyle Shanahan the way he uses his team, it's a meritocracy. You've got to think that he believes that he has an opportunity to go in there and start, whether it's guard or center. So engaging what those reps look like uh, when you get into uh, eleven on elevens, which is you know team scrimmage then you're going to get an idea of how they actually feel about him. And then his play is going to dictate what they do with him. Of course, I made a training camp video that's available on YouTube of this situation, John Feliciano versus Jake Brendel, and who could ultimately you know, win this matchup. I think the 49ers expect it to be Brendel. Uh, the relationship he has with Chris Furster has been well-documented. And I thought Jake Brendel handled himself pretty well. Were there bumps in the road? Yes. But I think overall, people feel comfortable with who Jake Brendel is. He started figuring out the calls. And his athleticism really fits what the 49ers want from the center position. He's definitely more athletic than John Feliciano. Question marks remain. Even though Brendel gets to the second level, which is linebackers uh, in, this, in this offense at a higher rate than Feliciano, Feliciano does better when he gets there. Jake Brendel can sometimes uh, lose those blocks. And also he struggles sometimes to anchor in the past, but uh, Brendel's very good player. And I think the four years would feel very comfortable with him being the starting center. It's just those give and take between the two guys. It's going to be curious to see who ultimately wins the job. If I had to guess, I would say it's Brendel, but monitoring John Feliciano's reps is going to be something that everyone should pay attention to uh, during training camp. Uh the other thing I'm wanting to watch is the rotation at tight end. You've got George Kittle, but then you've got four guys, and I guess five guys if you want to tr- throw in Troy Fumagalli, who was with the 49ers in training camp last year and is back this season. But you've got the two young guys, uh, Braden Willis and Cameron Latu, against Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly. And the reason is so interesting is at most, the 49ers can keep four tight ends. They would probably like to keep three. That's usually... What most teams keep is three tight ends. Of course, the 49ers use uh, two tight end sets more than almost any other team in the NFL. But you, the 49ers have been looking for a player that can be a balanced attack behind George Kittle. Uh, they're hoping one of these guys or both of these guys are going to be able to help the room. But how far along are they? Are they? I think conventional wisdom is Cameron Latu is more of a developmental piece as he went from playing outside linebacker at Alabama to now being a tight end. But the 49ers used a third-round pick to get him, or they used a seventh-round pick to get Braden Willis. So watching how these guys are used in the rotation is going to be interesting. I fully expect Charlie Warner to come out and get those second-team reps early on, but how quickly are Cameron Latu and Braden Willis going to move up this depth chart? What kind of plays are they going to be able to make? When they have red zone practice at training camp, is Cameron Law too going to excel? Uh, if if he does, because that's something he was good at at Alabama, we might see him move up the depth chart really quickly. I think in a perfect world, the 49ers would get Braden Willis, who could block and could catch the ball and run after the catch, uh, to beat out a guy like Charlie Warner, and then get you know, Ross Dwelly beat out by Cameron Law too, and go in there with two young guys. But knowing those two young guys are going to be capable is going to have to be proven through training camp. And then after that, who is it? Is it Charlie Warner? Is it Ross Dwelly? Who's the fourth tight end? And I'm not saying that's the order at which the depth chart's going to be, but uh, that's going to be a big question with this this tight end room is who ultimately is going to be the 49ers tight ends, two, three, and potentially uh, four. I'm also going to keep an eye on Colt McKivitz. He's one of the things you must watch at training camp is he is the only starter for the four years on the offensive line that didn't start last year in 2022. So Colton McKivitt is going to be a guy to monitor, see how he handles going against Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, and just how he operates, you know, within this offense. I think they feel comfortable with him because they've had him in the organization since 2020. So they know what his strengths and weaknesses are so they can, use his strengths to their best advantage and try to try to and try to disguise his weaknesses the best way possible. But I want to see how much he's improved in blocking in the run game. Uh, Run blocking has been something that, you know, maybe hasn't been top notch for Colton McKivitz, where his counterpart uh, last year was a lot better at it uh, with Mike McGlinchey. But I think Colton McKivitz is a solid, uh, tackle but I want to see at what level and I want to see the kind of chemistry when you get into pass blocking between him and Spencer Burford you know and how they're able to work together I think that's going to be something very interesting for this 49ers offensive line as Chris Furster tries to get the camaraderie you know, for, with four guys being consistent from last year it shouldn't be that hard to figure out but Colt McKivitz has a player like Matt Pryor uh, that's waiting to potentially step in there and get a starting job over Colton McKivitz if McKivitts, uh, you know, for any reason, slips. So you got McKivitz versus Matt Pryor and Jalen Moore potentially as well. Another offensive tackle to watch is Leroy Watson. Last year, the 49ers signed him as an undrafted free agent out of the University of Texas, San Antonio. He was a former teammate of Spencer Burford, and they've seen a lot of development from him, from going from 270 pounds to over 300 pounds during the offseason, but how far along is he? Is he far, far enough along in his development that he could push Matt Pryor and push Jalen Moore to be the swing tackle? That's what I want to see. I want to see if Leroy Watson's working with the third team or if he's able to work his way into the second team. If he works his way into the second unit. He has a real legitimate chance to make the 49ers 53 man roster. And with his size and length, I mean, six foot five, over 300 pounds, 35 inch arms in length you got to think he's a, a player that could be exciting because ultimately the 49ers need to make sure they have a swing tackle just in case Trent Williams isn't healthy. And just through recent memory, Trent Williams has struggled a little bit uh, to stay healthy over the last few years. He's healthy for the most part. He, he gets, stays on the field, uh, but there's always a game or two where you need someone to fill in. Last year, the 49ers had a little bit of a struggle with Jalen more early. He did right the ship. And they were able to get by and, and win with Jalen Moore. But uh, if Leroy Watson can make this a competition, not only could it be good for him, but it can also push Jalen Moore to be a better player. A defensive end opposite of Bosa. Uh, it's one of those things that has been the a big question mark all throughout the offseason since Samson Ebucom left and uh, Charles Amenahue was who was going to start opposite of Nick Bosa. According shored up, the interior defensive line with Javon Hargrave, but they haven't really addressed the outside uh, edge rusher opposite of Bosa. So you've got the question marks. Is it going to be the young upstart, Drake Jackson? Is it going to be a guy that hasn't quite lived up to expectation in Cleveland Farrell, who's coming over for the Las Vegas Raiders? I'm curious to see, who, number one, who's on the starting unit. If it's Drake Jackson, then we're going to keep monitoring that depending on how he does. Or is it Cleveland Farrell? And then Drake Jackson is, is competing with him. I think it's interesting because Drake Jackson has put on close to 15 pounds of muscle during the offseason. So how will he handle setting the edge against the run? he's doing it at a high level, uh, then this is probably going to be Drake Jackson's job. If he's not, then he's going to leave a door cracked for Cleveland Farrell to be able to kind of kick it down as long as Farrell shows the ability to rush the passer at a high enough level. Because you can't have a defensive end opposite of Bosa that isn't able to put pressure on the quarterback. It's going to be easier with Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, but you have to make sure that you have a guy that can get it done. Because if you have a guy that can get six plus sacks opposite of Nick Bosa, you have an elite defense. If you don't, your defensive line is just pretty good. Uh, so you know, you're hoping that you're gonna get even more than that, more than six from that position, but I think the 49ers would be happy getting that type of production. Which is more production than you got from Samson Ebucom or Charles Aminahue. So who is going to be starting at the Sam linebacker is another thing to watch at training camp. Those opening reps I fully expect to be Oren Burks. I think he's going to get the reps in base four three sets with Fred Warner and with Aziz out. Al- I'm sorry, with uh almost said Aziz Al Shire with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. So uh, whoever gets those reps early is gonna be probably Oren Burks. But then after that, how does that rotation go? Does it start with Demetrius Flanagan fouls? Uh, is it Marcelina McCurry ball Jalen Graham, or D. Winters? It's going to be fun to watch how the makeup of this linebacker room ultimately goes. But I think Oren Burks being the starting Sam early on is probably not a big surprise to most You know that that watched the 49ers last year and seen him step into that role. Um, the fact they did not tender a contract to Demetrius Flanagan fouls let the restricted free agent uh, run its course and then bring him back on a cheap deal means I believe Oren Burks is ahead of him on the depth chart. And then we'll see what we get from the young players, you know, McCrary ball potentially playing Mike linebacker and then Jalen Graham at Sam and D Winters at will. So I think there's a likelihood Graham and winters could compete with Oren Burks for the Sam linebacker job, but we'll see how Oren Burks plays. And I think if he plays the way he was playing at the end of the year, Last year and his opportunities, he got to play Sam, which is a strong sideline linebacker. I, I fully believe Oren Burks will start next to Warner and Dre Greenlaw because he's got the size, speed, and instincts to be able to do it. And he feels comfortable in the Forty yards defense now that he's played it one year. Uh, what those twists and changes will be with Steve Wilkes, we'll still have to see. But watching how this happens, if all of a sudden Oren Burks goes from getting you know a, a majority of the reps to his reps slipping, and you start seeing one of those rookies uh, getting some reps with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, which, I mean, we'll see it some, but if it becomes uh, more consistent, then we might have a question mark about who starts at Sam Linebacker. I also want to see Isaiah Oliver. I think uh, he's he's someone to watch during training camp because the 49ers have had to fill this nickel corner spot ever since K'Wan Williams left in free agency. And they've tried to go a bunch of different ways. Last year, Sam Womack was probably going to be the guy. And uh, he ended up getting beat out by Diamond Lenore through the season. And then the four yards ended up landing on Jimmy Ward after injury. So they're ha- going to have a whole new nickel. Uh, Coach Steve Wilkes has been excited about Isaiah Oliver. Said he was the number one nickel on the open market. And they went out and got him. But how, how well he plays is going to be important as far as run fits and then in coverage. And I want to see how he handles these 49ers wide receivers, whether that's shedding John Jennings block or getting physical with Debo Samuel at the point of attack, um, or even just being in the slot and having to go against a guy that could absolutely mix you up in Brandon. Ayuk. So Oliver's ability will make me feel one way or the other about confidence in the secondary. I think if Oliver comes in and plays the way everyone feels he can, uh, the 49ers secondary takes another step forward because we're very excited about Gibson. And Hufanga, we know what Mooney Ward is. We've seen improvement from Diamond Lenore. Uh, Isaiah Oliver's kind of the question mark in the room. And not so much that we don't think he can do it. We just haven't seen him do it in San Francisco yet. Uh, with the safety position is Jair Brown. How many times has he used in three safety looks in the dime package? Are they playing him in the box? How's he looking out there playing with that second unit with George Odom? It's going to be fun to watch because how quickly he translates and it will depend on how many snaps he ends up getting during the season. In 2021, when Tao Fongo is a rookie, he got a 44% of the snaps or 41% of the snaps. Uh, That's a pretty good margin for a rookie coming in and playing in place of, you know, different players like Jaquisky Tart or Jimmy Ward, depending on situation. So I don't expect Jair Brown to get that kind of playing time because uh, Tashawn Gibson and Taudo Fonga play so well together. Of course, injury could dictate that he gets on the field more, but seeing exactly who he is and how he's translating to this defense is something that's going to be fun to watch at training camp. And then last up, Jake Moody. What is Jake Moody going to be uh, for the 49ers? Of course, they're going to have a competition between Moody and Zane Gonzalez, which is the first kicking competition in San Francisco that I've seen at training camp in a long time. So, that's gonna be fun to watch just seeing how these guys handle going through their, their motions and making those kicks. I fully expect Jake Moody to come out on top of this battle, but still it's gonna be a fun one because the 49ers, you know, elected to not go with Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold said expressed that he would have liked to have come back, but the 49ers decided to pivot another direction and go with a young kicker who's definitely a you know a lot cheaper. Uh, has a stronger leg and could provide more opportunities for the 49ers to potentially, you know, pin people deep, uh, but also convert on field goals that are plus 55 that they haven't been able to, or even plus 50. Robbie Gold's length was kind of getting there close to 50 yards. And I think the 49ers a lot of times punted and played field position instead of taking the points. And I think Jake Moody, as long as he's accurate, has the leg to be able to allow the 49ers to get points on those uh, drives that stall maybe where it would have been a 55-yard field goal. Now those are makeable kicks for Jake Moody, and I think the Forty yards are excited about that opportunity. So these are just some things to watch. Of course, there's going to be lots more storylines depending on, you know, who's showing out, who's making plays. Uh, heaven forbid there's any injuries. That will change and dictate what happens at camp and also Brock Purdy watch. We're just going to keep an eye. Last year it was Jimmy Garoppolo running on side fields and all that. This year it will be Brock Purdy. When's Brock Purdy going to actually, you know, make it onto the onto the field and be able to produce? It's going to be a fun training camp. I'm looking forward to getting out there and experiencing 49ers football for 2023. Uh, thanks so much for everyone for watching and listening. Really appreciate all of you. 49ers cut back on believe. Uh, really having a lot of fun doing the podcast. Thank you guys so much for uh, checking in. There's going to be plenty of content coming your way about training camp. So whether you listen on audio platforms or watch on YouTube, it's going to be available on both. So make sure you come on by. Leave me a comment if you're on audio platforms. Leave me a five-star rating. I really appreciate that. Uh, until the next time, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.